Done. Okay. Yes. You ready? Yes. <clears throat> Before we begin, the Uluru Statement from the Heart calls for, among other things, truth-telling. In the spirit of this, Charlotte and I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. We live, dance, and podcast from Wujak Nunga Budja and the Naitahu Takiwa. I want to encourage you to go and learn about the country you are on. Untangling the Mess Around with Jethro and Charlotte, your occasional podcast where we discuss, <laughs> argue, banter, and waffle on about swing topics that interest us. We are in Makuru season right now, which is characterized by being the wettest season. And uh, from the Perth perspective, I can absolutely confirm that we have been absolutely flooded in the past couple of weeks. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the greatest rivalry of all. Bands versus DJs, which is better and why? So, yeah, funny you should mention, is it Makuru? Yes, Makuru. Because it's currently raining here, and if you if you can hear it on the recording, that sound is the rain on the car that I'm recording in. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> that might get picked up in the audio. <laughs> it's not currently raining right now, but that's just, that's a very big change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, before we get into that, let's get yeah, into yeah. our good news of the week. Sure. Yeah, what's your good news of the week? Oh, I tried my first time ever brewing something. Ooh, what are you brewing? Yeah, I, I brewed some alcoholic ginger beer. Ooh, I'd never yum. tried it before, and I was like, you know what? I got some time, I might as well give it a go. So I got a <laughs> bucket, like a food-grade bucket, <laughs> and then drilled a hole and did the tubey thing. I did pretty much DIY a brewer rather than kind of buying one. And yeah, did all the things. Three weeks later... I've now got like five liters of alcoholic. Well, I used to have five liters of alcoholic ginger beer in the fridge. It worked. Cool. I How does it taste? Beer. It tastes like ginger beer. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't realize how easy it was. Like it, it took it takes a long process. Like it's a lot. Like yeah. it took three weeks. But I don't know. I for some reason I always thought brewing was was more difficult than that. But the champagne well, I mean, yeast I think it just is pretty hard. How... It's pretty straightforward when you get down to it. But I think the the more you finesse it. It gets oh, yeah, harder and yeah, yeah. harder and you can becomes definitely, more chemistry than anything else. You can never go hardcore with it. Like, I did use, like, champagne use rather than using a, a ginger beer bug, which I'll do next time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's cool. my good news. My ginger beer worked. <laughs> so, if you and Amy are just getting sloshed every night, then... Every night. I'm hungover every right... Night. Actually, no, you don't get hungover from it because there's no preservatives, no sugar. Do you know, like, is there a way for you to figure out how strong it is? Uh, so, it's mostly, mostly just based on how much sugar is in there and how much water and then how much sugar is no longer in there so yeah, you just okay. kind of guess so they reckon if you put 600 mils 600 grams of sugar it ends up being about about 7.5 percent which is what i've done wow that's pretty strong yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't want none of that that weak stuff well done <laughs> and oh my gosh work. you should start a swingsing beer like ginger beer <laughs> well we need to Hullabloo get have, labels and stuff <laughs> um hullabaloo hops isn't that like a beer that hullabaloo yeah, used to yeah. brew or used to do? Hullabaloo used to do the hullabaloo hops. Yeah. Big apple cider. 
Um, and completely unrelated, but you know, um, Hanson, the band. Oh yeah. They used to they they have a they have a brewing company or something, and they they have a, a beer uh. that's called M Hop. <laughs> <laughs> which I love just for the pun. Hey, Charlotte, what's your good news of the week? My good news. I have two. Is that okay? Am I allowed to have two? Oh, we're running over time already, but that was mostly my fault. All right, you have two. Go. Okay. So my first one is I got vaccinated since last time we spoke. Hey, you got stabbed. Yeah, I got stabby stabbed. Um, so I got vaccinated and now, uh, so that's my first dose. And then my second dose is in two weeks. And is this Pfizer or? Pfizer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. And Congratulations. it didn't hurt at all, and everything is fine, and go get vaccinated. <laughs> and you can now reach 5G from your pinky. Yes, that's how that works. Yeah, cool. I guess yeah, my reception has just, like, increased <laughs> tenfold. It's great. Uh, the other good news I had was um, the quiz night that we had, PSDS ran a oh, quiz night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which you made a special guest appearance in, as did Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a really good night. We had a lot of fun. It ran really well. We raised over five hundred dollars just in raffle sales. Awesome! So it was it was it was really good because we were doing it as a fundraiser for PSDS in general, so we can run more fun things. So uh, I think it was a definite out. success. Good job! Thanks, yeah, Chris. Yeah, go team! Go team! Moving right along to Swingsing news. Yep. So a lot of things happened in the last two months since the last. Yeah. Podcast. So we're just going to skip all that and just talk about what's coming up next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, can we just talk about something? It is still coming up next, technically, but yeah. we're in the middle of it. Jessie is still doing her solo blues block. Yes. So that's going on for another two weeks in Mount Hawthorne, and she's teaching Lindy solo blues myself after that. Oh, no. You've dropped out. You've dropped out. 6.30, 6.30. It starts at 6.30. Okay, cool. Sorry, it just had a glitch and I couldn't hear you for a while. So this is going to be awkward mm. when they're listening to both of us. <coughs> <coughs> I'm just choking on my tea. I don't have the Rona. <coughs> cool. Oh, this is going so well. Nailing it. Okay, so yes, Jesse Gordon, she's teaching 6.30 Solid Blues, 7.30 level, level 2, Lindy 2. Level 2 Lindy, yep. Yep. Uh, and that is for the rest of the month. And then next month... Dun, dun, dun. We've just so confirmed. Month, yes. So I'm going to be teaching a small specialty block with Bron. Yeah. And we're going to be teaching. Yay. Bronville. Um, <laughs> which is how I will always pronounce her name because that's how they pronounced her name in Snowball at Snowball when they called her up. There was like, Bronville. And then she just looked at me and she's like, is that me? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's your name. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, it's great. So Bronfell so, and Charlotte are doing Switch. Yeah, we're doing a Switch block. Awesome. So they're going to be slightly different in the sense that we're not doing our blocks. We're doing short and uh, sweet half. No, we're not. We're doing full hour blocks this August. Oh, that's right. No, that's after that. Yep. Nope. As you were. September. Yes, we're doing full we're... hour blocks. Yeah. Yeah. August is as per usual. It's just Bron and Charlotte's doing the specialty. Done. Yeah. All right. Um, September. Big things are happening. Big things are happening in September. So, They're all happening in September. It's going to be a very stressless month. It's going to be fine. The reason, well, one of the reasons it's happening in September is the plan is that I'm actually going to be going to Perth. Yay! So Amy's friend is having a wedding down Margaret River. She's a bridesmaid. And so I go along as like family moral support. It's like, it's a big family thing. So... Mm. I'm going along and doing that family thing 
But while I'm in Perth, I'm making the most of it and just doing all of the like Lindy Hop swing dancing things that I can do while I'm in town to help with this thing that I technically run from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> and also because you enjoy it and it's fun. Oh, yeah. Not because, well. you know, you have an obligation to it. <laughs> no, I want to see everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll be teaching Thursday nights. We're going to hopefully do some level three classes. Well, I'll be yeah. teaching level two. I'll be teaching... Um, so one of the things we're going to, yeah, but Balboa's going to be on Monday nights. Ooh, I know that is very exciting. We're going to be launching a Balboa Balboa venue. Yeah. Please come. (laughs) Please come. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we've tried opening up Balboa only venues before and they haven't quite worked out. So we're hoping this time is better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also it's been, it's the last time we tried a Balboa only venue. It was about five years ago. Yeah. So the scene is a bit different now. Um, and there's also the part of the reason that we're doing this is that we're very cognizant that at the moment, Balboa only exists at the development stage. So to, if you want to start Balboa, it's kind of hard to get in there. Yeah, if some, <laughs> So the yeah. new Balboa venue will have a beginners and an, uh, a an second a development. Yeah, an intermediate level. So, so if, you, if Balboa is something that's interesting to you and you would like to give it a red hot go and 8.30 was just too late for you, etc., then come down on Monday nights at the Dome Min Mainlands. That's in September, not next week. Correct. In September. Not next week, not in August, it's in September. We will do up Facebook things <laughs> to remind you and mostly to remind me. <laughs> so because there'll be no so because Balboa is moving to Mondays, Thursday nights will no longer have those level one, level two Lindy Hop classes simultaneous. Yeah. We're gonna have a half hour specialty block from six thirty till seven. Yep. Lindy 1 from 7 Lindy 2 from 8 at Mount Hawthorne yeah. so it's going to be a much easier night uh, but still just as much fun obviously absolutely and we're also going to be moving venues ever so slightly we're going to be moving from the main hall in Mount Hawthorne down to the lesser hall which is yep. just downstairs which is a terrible name because it just makes it seem like a crap hall it's like <laughs> the oh, it's the not as good hall. it's the not as good hall <laughs> yeah but it's but- actually a really lovely hall Everyone, so come to the not the very good hall, and we'll see you there for, <laughs> for average Lindy. Classes, for average Lindy. Also, while I'm in town, this is September 10, 11, and 12, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Correct. We're running the Perth Estive Exchange 2021. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, this will be the third year. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, the, it's one of the longest running swingsing events. <laughs> hey, a swingsing thing went for ages. We had lots of them. I said one of. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, we're running packs again. So yeah. yeah, 10, 11, 12 September. Make sure you're available and come along to all the workshops, learn to fly, learn to flip. We go to a circus school and do all, like, we have all lots of crash mats and spotters and proper things happening. So there'll be, yeah. And who's going to be teaching that, Jet? Uh, at the moment, I've penciled in um, Kenneth. I've penciled yes. in... Ali, I've penciled in Charlotte, and I've penciled in some random from New Zealand. So yeah, random tall dude. Some of you might know him. He goes by the name of Jetro. <laughs> yeah. So um, while I'm in town, I'll hope to be teaching those workshops as well. So that's all going to plan. Obviously, who knows what will happen by the time we get there. But that is the plan. Please get those dates free, and then come along to all the things. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Was there anything else in swingsing news? No, that's pretty much it. I that's, think that's it. Yeah. All right. Should we seamlessly move into our world of swing? I think so. Swing. Yeah, I haven't heard these sound bites in ages. They're still uh, as great as ever. All right. So 
other news. So <clears throat> other things that are happening that are not swingsing related? No, no, they're swingsing related, but they're not like directly swingsing. Swingsing adjacent. Um, so in Perth, one of the biggest swing schools there, Swing It, run by Shane McCarthy, mm-hmm. has since shut its doors. It has, yeah. Big news. So that was a big shock to the to the Perth scene. Because um, mm. he was running that school for how many years? Ten years? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here, but I think close to ten years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after Swingsing, it was the longest running swing school in Perth. Yeah. If you just true. count just by names. So, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, he's decided to stop teaching swing dance. He's no longer teaching any classes at all, as far as I am aware. No, not that I'm aware of, no. So he's taking a bit of a break, um, which, you know, after teaching weekly classes for over a decade... I think he has a, a well-deserved break coming his way. Oh, it's long service leave. It's, that's fine. That totally counts. It's long service leave. Exactly. <laughs> He's cashing in on his long service leave. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, because us contractors, business owners, we totally get that. Yeah, and annual leave and sick, day, and sick days. It's great. You should yeah. definitely, definitely be a sole trader. Yeah, yeah. Definitely get that into the, the gig the economy. It's, it's a really good place to work. Yeah, yeah. Especially at the current st- the current <laughs> stage of the world. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where you want to be. I love having security. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, however, some of the teachers... So, one of the teachers, Luke, is starting his own classes. He is. He's opened up his own school called Perth City Swing. Ah, uh, I haven't had a name yet. Cool. Yeah, Perth City Swing. Um, he has a Facebook page, and I don't believe he has a website yet. But he does have a Facebook page, so please, if you want to contact him, contact him through there. And he will be teaching uh, for the initially with Gemma Frampton. Awesome. Yay, Gemma. Now, when all this happened, I, I will tell everyone that I actually reached out to him. I was like, Luke, it's awesome. Come on the podcast so we can ask you questions <laughs> and give you name suggestions for your new school. And he got scared. <laughs> um, apparently, oh. apparently, he went back and listened to a whole bunch. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Good job for doing the podcast. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. He had exams and stuff on. He's got lots of things going on. So yeah, like yeah. it was just going to be too he, hard. He's a busy man, and he's about to become a more busy man. So yeah, but yeah. all the best. Of course, uh, we we absolutely wish him all the best. I always love and supporting more dancing. Yeah, looking forward to it. It should be quite exciting. More dancing is always better. Cool. Actually, have they had their have they had their first classes yet? They haven't because of the no. COVID their lockdown, first class they? is this coming Tuesday. Okay. Cool. I be- all right. I believe it's Luke, this coming Tuesday. It. Yeah. Go, Gemma. Yeah, you can do it. What else is happening in the world of swing? Ah, oh, here's something. We've got some untangling news. Ooh. We had our one-year like, anniversary. Ooh, what is it? <laughs> we <laughs> had our one-year anniversary, Charlotte. We did. We Ages did have ago. our one-year anniversary. Uh, yeah, it was quite a while ago. Um, <laughs> going for a year. But we, we, we did. The other day, actually, I was having a think. I'm like, did we hit our 100 episodes? And then I was like, no, no, we definitely didn't hit 100 episodes. No, we're, we're on 38. episode 38. <laughs> so we're not even halfway there. But we have hit one year. We've hit so one year. that's an achievement. We've done 38 episodes. We've done two seasons. This is the final episode of season two. Yes, completely arbitrarily. There is yeah. absolutely, do not try to, f- actually, this would be a really good project for Mia if she could figure out the mathematical, like, reasoning why this is the last episode. I'm sure she could come up with a formula. Uh, and mean, then we would have to, we'd have to maintain that formula for season three. <laughs> right, yeah. And speaking of season three, we're going to do something different. It's been quite hard for Charlotte and I to get together and chat via Zoom and record these podcasts and do them fortnightly. So we're not doing them fortnightly. We're not going to try fortnightly at all. Mm. What I'm actually wanting to do, Charlotte, I haven't even told you yet. Can we Excellent. do uh, an informal catch-up podcast, similar to what we do now, 
but yeah. not have talking points. Just have like a catch up and a good news of the week, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But only once a month at the start of the yeah. month, kind of like a newsletter, so people can like know what's coming up in the month and yeah, what's happening okay. around. So an, yeah. an informal one that comes out once a month, and then a more polished one that's just talking points. I like it. So it's like not it. all the waffly crap. It's just something that we record. I mean, we let's face it, Josh, up, there will still about. be waffly crap. There will be. There will we'll always be waffly. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh. Can we call the little one swing waffle? We could call it swing waffle. That means we'll be starting a second podcast, Charlotte. We would have two it's podcasts. But like, it's like Inception. <laughs> it's a it's spin-off. It's a podcast within a podcast. It's a spin-off podcast. <laughs> it is. We have a spin-off. We have two seasons, three seasons and a spin-off. We're better than friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have any spin-offs or they had less than three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Yay. Cool. So, yeah. I like that idea. That's, that's what I mean. You heard it here first and um, so did I. Untangling. <laughs> that's our new format. That's, that's what we're thinking of anyway. We'll probably stick with that. But stay tuned. We might change it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? We might. Jethro might also change it and not tell me. The other thing I wanted to mention on oh, World yep. of Swing was Hala Baloo. Ooh. So the reason that? I said it that way is because it is going. It is going ahead. It's actually going ahead really freaking soon. <laughs> is it? So though? the reason is it? We, we've got it. Sorry. Is it though? Is it happening soon? Oh, shush you. Yes, it is. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> we have the weekend split over to the, the event split over two weekends. So the first weekend, which we're calling affectionately Hala, is going to be the last weekend of July. So during that weekend, there's Mustang, there's the late night, and there's the Hullabaloo Fair, which is on the Sunday, which has 950 local playing. And then we also, oh, I, I don't know if I told you this. We were at the SDA Hop a couple of weeks ago, and... I was having a chat and I, was, I realized like that weekend is when they usually have their hop. They have their hop on the last weekend of the month. And I was like, ah, oh, oh no, right. oh no, PSDS just like totally obliterated that for you. I'm so sorry. But then I was like, wait, no, no, this is perfect. We don't have an event on the Saturday. So they're still going to run their hop and it's going to be not like a part of Hullabaloo, but it's going to be absolutely part of the weekend, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. So yeah, Hullabaloo and the, and the hop on that same weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So go down to that. That should be a lot of fun. And then two weeks later, on the weekend of the 14th of August, we're going to have Baloo, which is going to be Mustang again. And then Saturday night is going to be the Battle of the Bands. And then Sunday night is going to be the Ball. Please tell me there's a Jungle Book themed night. Well, look, it, it, anything can happen. Isn't Baloo the bear in the Jungle Book? It is. It is. But it's Hala Baloo. Yeah, yeah. But you're calling the second weekend Baloo. I know, I know. It just dawned on me as I said it. <laughs> it uh, so maybe, maybe there might be some DJing opportunities. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have no doubt that someone will do that. Okay. Awesome. As long as someone does it for me, I'll be happy. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so I think, I think that's all we've got for World of Swing. I've got three more things. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> uh, four more things. KLX. We mm. put a post up. If you haven't seen it, feel free to go and read. But essentially. KLX had a huge carbon tax on the world, like, sorry, was hu hugely carbon taxing. It produced a lot of excess travel. People from around the world yeah. would fly to New Zealand, so it was a lot of flights just to have one event, and we couldn't really reconcile that with the, our, like, the moral implications of that. We're, Amy and I are both trying to reduce our carbon footprint and trying to, you know, make sure the world survives for as long as we can. 
it's uh, it was a tough decision to cancel event because of climate change but that's essentially what we had to do yeah so we made a big long post explaining all of this so if you want to go into details about it amy wrote this lovely thing and has a bunch of links and stuff in it on the klx facebook page and on the KLX, on klx.com Mm-hmm. But what was kind of exciting about it was we weren't really sure if we were going to get much of a reaction. Like with the small event in New Zealand, no one's going to notice it. And then some people commented, some more people commented. And then John Tiggett from Corner Pocket Swing, like he's the band leader of Corner Pocket Swing, which um, is a Baltimore Okay, so remember that DJ band. I was telling you about that commented on my, on my post? Oh, is it John? That's him. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. So he shared the KLX post. And because he's got this big mess of following, it just went bonkers. There's like 250 something comments on it and a whole bunch of different likes. Oh my God. It, got, it went not viral, but it kind of. It went gangbusters. Out. Yeah. And like 99% of people are like, oh my God, this is um, like, I'm so sorry to hear about it, but it's so brave. Good job. More people need to start doing this. People are talking about it. And I mean, we've had like a couple of people going, like, well, that's just dumb. <laughs> But oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Some people are a little bit anti it. Some people are kind of a little bit defensive because they like their way of life. Obviously, there's a few teachers out there that rely on international travel to for their yeah. income. And they've been screwed yeah. over by COVID. So having this thrown in their face as well it can put people's walls up really quickly. Yeah. So there was a little bit of, you know, people trying to call it back a little bit. But it's, it's going to have to happen. People are going to have to be more conscious of it. So... Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Well done. Yeah. I, mean, I was surprised that people kind of took it on board and it wouldn't so far. And obviously there are ways of doing events and having like support, having big local events and flying in like one lot of teachers rather than flying in every participant is a bit different. Like yeah, exactly. Like KLX, everyone apart from one person was an international person. <laughs> like no, no, yeah. there's two locals out of 56 people. Yeah. So it's a bit different than like flying over one set of teachers. And if you're flying over teachers, there's carbon offsets and there's, you know, in Europe, you've got trains, you can, there's, there's ways around it anyway. So Exactly. And I think what the, the one of the things of the post was that not, no one can ever travel ever again. I don't think that was the, the ethos of the post. It was more along the lines of like, let's just all be more mindful and more attentive to when we do choose to travel in that way. Yeah, and make yeah. It, count more, it needs to you know? stick to just like family emergencies, pretty much about it eventually. Um, but I know that means no more dancing events, like no more luxury things. Like that's a privilege that we're going to have to deal with not having eventually. And if we, yeah. sooner we stop it, the sooner people can go to their friends when they're sick. If people keep yeah. doing all their luxury travel now, then sooner it'll happen that we can't do that traveling at all anymore. At all. So, yeah. Yeah. We all know what not traveling is like because we've all been stuck in COVID. As we come out of it. Well, it's kind of like the macro version of COVID, right? There's a lot of similarities between yeah. COVID and, and uh, climate change. Because, it, you know, the sooner that we lock down and take care of ourselves and only, you know, leave for essential travel or because of, you know, five the five reasons you're allowed to leave your house, the sooner you're actually able to leave your house. Mm. Because things are more under control. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the KLX post. And if you want to listen to more about environmentalism and swing we've done a podcast on it before but it was a while ago now so yeah it was a while ago anyway uh midwinter swing fest happened so i drove down to dunedin to go and teach with accrete it was good fun we Yay. did aerials everyone in new zealand really wants to do aerials now so i need to run in, in new zealand sf exchange apparently <laughs> world's balboa day happened on the first of july um it got suggested to have world uh, sorry world balboa day because yep. that's when the balboa pavilion opened 1906 yep. 
Um, so yeah, Fee and I did a bit of a dance and a post for World Babao Day. And Build Back Better um, was a, a Zoom conferencing thing that was done by Move Together. So Move Together have done a bunch of Black Lives Matter things and like Zoom meetings and kind of conferences or I don't know what you call it, discussions. And so the most recent yeah. one was on the 27th of July, that Build Back Better or Building Back Better. So if you want to go and look at that, just go to Move Together um, Facebook group or Facebook page. You'll be able to go back and watch all of that. <gasps> okay, that's everything. Well, not everything. That's a lot of things that happened. <laughs> Yay. Well done. So many things happened. So should... Uh, no, you have a, you right. have another thing before we move on to our talking point. This is our favorite sound bites. Here we I go. I do. <clears throat> just doesn't get old alright what's your word in goodly Jetro so I, I, I honestly can't remember if I did this one last episode or not I don't think I did I had it ready for last episode I found a word I was just going through YouTube and there was like talking about piano and sheet music and a few oh, different things yes you told me about this this is awesome and they were talking about the a couple of beats that happen before the actual sheet, the first bar of sheet music starts in guitar. Or, yeah. You know, it's like the lead-in. The like, the, you kind of do a few notes before the first main chord just to get everyone like on the same page and keyed mm. in and thing. So and like musical jockeying. Yeah, yeah, it gets you ready. So the the like I like pie. The I like is the is the the lead-in. I like. Pie and pie is when the, the first bar starts. Yeah. That little lead in in musical terms, the sheet music, is called anacrusis. Say it again? Anacrusis. Okay. So now if anyone asks you why do you start on eight when you're teaching the shim sham, you can just yell mm. at them, Anacrusis! And then move on. <laughs> <laughs> and that answers everything. You just scream at them. Yeah. Excellent. Well done. So no one's allowed to ask me why do I start on eight ever again? Because I'll just say anacrusis and then I move on straight away. And they have to figure it out for themselves. Well, because that, that doesn't explain to you why you do it. It just no, tells you can, what that is. Yeah, and they can look it up and then they'll understand. <laughs> sure. I look forward to being in the class the day that you explain that. <laughs> cool. And All I'll right. just sort of like stand by and be like, don't look at me, man. It's this class. So there you go. There's a new word for you. Anacrusis. It's a musical anacrusis. term for writing sheet music, but it works for us. If you ever want to do solo jazz and start on eight, that's why you start on eight. Super. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Here we go. <sighs> oh, no. Why are you not working? Oh. Yes. Who's talking? You're talking. I'm talking. We're talking. Talking about. Then she said. Who said? She said. What you talking about? Talking on me. Talking point. Do we get new <laughs> sound bites with the new and improved uh, No, thingy? I want to keep that one so badly. <laughs> No, but you should extend it. If we're going to do the like one podcasty thing oh. that is just talking point, it should be longer. Need a you longer I mean? intro, yeah, potentially. Uh, with like more awkward, sexy jazz. Potentially, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, All we right, should get Marky to do like a, a little, uh, do something for it. Oh my God, can you imagine Marky and Jess and Jesse <laughs> doing a cover of that? It would be. <laughs> Amazing and hilarious. <laughs> it would be like a bespoke. Because <laughs> they, if anyone can make God. something awkward and sexy at the same time, I put it, leave it in the capable hands of Jesse and Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Okay, hang on, wait. <clears throat> so, important, important talking point, Charlotte. Do you want to, do you want to lead us in? 
Or yes, so the talking point, as I said earlier, is bands versus DJs. So the way that Jet and I sort of organize this is that we're doing a debate style, kind of. We don't have an adjudicator. We did ask Chris. Hi, Chris. But <laughs> Hi, Chris. he was too busy for us. Um, so, <laughs> so we are, to be fair, we asked him with like 24 hours notice. <laughs> then we decided that now nah, we're just going to debate one side and then debate the other side. And then we flipped a coin and it was awkward because we're like, heads or tails? And then Amy flipped a coin and she's like, it's a kiwi. What does that mean? <laughs> So we yeah, decided the that I would be the on the other side of the one dollar coin. Jethro would be defending DJs. Sorry. Ah, oh, um, yeah, that's like the queen's head is on one side, and then the kiwi's on the other side. That's the one dollar coin. So kiwi is the, the tail. Kiwi yeah. is the tail. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Which means that you got to defend bands, and that means exactly. I was lumped with trying to defend DJs. So before we get into that, did you want to have a chat about the other stuff first, or do you want to go straight into the debate? No, I reckon we just debate this. Now, we haven't quite put up the parameters yet, but we'll just see how the debate goes. Like, what's better, bands or DJs? (laughs) Okay, well, it's obviously bands, because reasons. Over to you. Okay, okay. It's obviously DJs. Prove me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine you with that meme. (laughs) Change my mind. <clears throat> so, okay. So one of the things that I have for why bands are better than DJs is because the energy that you get from a band is just something that regardless of how great a DJ is, and there are some absolutely great DJs, you, you it is not something that you can replicate, in my opinion, the energy that comes out of a live band. So that's my point number one. The other point is that bands can adjust in real time to the dancers. So they don't have to wait for the next song or anything like that, like a DJ would have to. They they can just, for example, the thing that came to mind is a jam circle. You know, you see the jam circles going really well and people are going crazy. You just keep playing until like you can have a 15 minute song because it just keeps going and going and going. So they're a lot more reactive or can be a lot more reactive to the audience, which then helps build this sort of conversation between the dancers and the band. Do, do you want to jump in or should I just say all my points that you can then decimate? I mean, uh, I reckon you just do your big full spiel first. I'm writing down things now and I can just um, rebuttal them. But am after. I going to have a chance to like... Uh, no, no, yours? I'm just going <laughs> to finish with my last words and then that'll be it. And then that'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, cool. Cool, 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 oh, cool. Oh, cool. sorry, no Charlotte. Doubt, my, no my phone's dying. Oh, sorry. Oh, psh, I'm going uh, under a tunnel. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so the other thing is, and this sort of ties in, I guess, with the more, uh, the energy is, there's, there's more than just one person, you know, you're on, the, on the stage. You've got more people, more personalities who can play in. The other thing is supporting local artists. So you are actively supporting the art scene, which you know I'm sure you can appreciate and you can also support that you are helping people practice their crafts and add to the enjoyment of, of life in general. Another point I have is that you can't get with a DJ is you can't have improvs. So musical improvs where you, know, you get that, that drum solo that everyone loves. <laughs> But you, yeah, you can't get those kinds of things with just a DJ. You have, it's just, it's a lot more malleable and a lot more improvisational, a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for a specific word. 
it's a lot more unique. The experience will always be a lot more unique. I can see Jethro furiously taking notes here, ready for his rebuttal. <laughs> go, go for it. And start, re start rebutting me. Well, no, I want to start with my points of why I think DJ's better first. Okay, go And then for I was it. going to rebut all of your points. Is that, does that Excellent. sound fair? Excellent. So you, you go for yours. I will take notes on yours. Okay, here we go. So um, the reason that I would say that DJs uh, are probably better are because mm. they actually play the authentic music of the 30s and 40s. There is no one alive today that I know of. Like, there's no live band like Count Basie. You can't hear him play or that band play music anymore. The only way you can do it is through recordings. Mm. So if you're dancing to a live band, I mean, they're essentially playing contemporary swing. They're not playing the authentic jazz mm -hmm. from back in the day. Now, you can also argue that it's a recording. It's not live. However, it's still going to be closer than a live band today. Okay. So there's authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, it also is, I find, so I actually do enjoy dancing to DJs more than I enjoy dancing to bands. And I think a lot of it is to do with the, the songs you hear a couple of times and then you can tune into it. And then when they play Shiny Stockings or Vim V or uh, All Right, Okay, You Win, I know all the breaks. I know what's coming up. Like there's nothing going to trip me up. There's no random extra bar anywhere. There's no... So the, the familiarity of it. Yeah, it's much easier to dance to and have a good time and hit musical stuff and just have a good time with it. You're not stressed out about like, is it going to end now? What's going to happen next? I don't know. Yeah. That drummer is being weird tonight. It's going to be hard <laughs> to hit that drum solo. Like the the drum solo in Taint What You Do, I know well enough now to dance through it. But the first time you hear that drum solo, you don't know where the one's coming. No, you really don't. <laughs> like it just stops and you're like, ah, oh, crap, there's my rock step. <laughs> you see it only in past tense. <laughs> you're like, there it was. I saw it. So I actually go. find it more fun dancing to DJ stuff because it's, yeah, I've heard it before usually. And then you still can get that novelness from a good DJ who is out exploring and finding new music. So it's not that you only ever hear stuff that you know. You'll get a mix of stuff that you know and also some novel stuff. With a band, it's always foreign. Like, they'll play Shiny Stockings, but it always sounds slightly different in some way. It won't quite be the one that you're used to, or the way that... Um, oh, I can't even remember who does... Ella uh, Fitzgerald and Count Basie do it. Version. Anyway. Mm. And then lastly, as an event organiser, bands are annoying to deal with. They <laughs> are a lot of people, are a lot of time... And a lot of money, like setting up for a band and having the sound guy come in and then setting up all the gear, like it is just so much harder than setting up a couple of spe speakers and putting a DJ on there to push play. So as an event organizer, you can put more time into your dances, into the classes, into making the event a better event, rather mm. than having to spend all this money on, like, I, they deserve all that money they get paid. I'm not saying don't pay bands, I'm saying that if you don't pay bands, you've got a lot more money to buy food for everyone else. <laughs> Better snack table. Yep. Okay. Get a snack table. Band or snack table? Band or snack table? Mmm. Snack table. So yeah, that, that's why I kind of prefer DJs. Um, in response There's to the one energy thing. In response to your energy thing. Yeah, okay. If you had a room with uh, a lot of dancers in it, and a DJ. Mm. Mm -hmm. How much in it? Uh, and in a second room with a live band playing and no one dancing, mm. 
which room is going to have more energy? Well, I mean, obviously the one where there's more people in, in, as a whole. Yeah, so to me the energy comes from the dancers, not the band. I know I've been to like bands that are really good and will build up the energy and will like bring the house down. Like SLR with Gordon Webster just absolutely smashed it, right? Yeah. Like that was an awesome night. But I've also been like in rooms where there've been so many people and an awesome DJ on where there have been like that frantic energy. Remember that um, late night? I think Trevor Hutchins was DJing and he like built the crowd up to a, build the room up to a point where he played a jam circle. It just like happened, and he ended up playing it to in the mood. Do you remember <laughs> that? No, I don't know. Where he, was that? This was at. Uh, this is in Perth. It was Hullabaloo. It was one of the late nights at. Oh um, no, no, no! I do studio, know the one. I, knew the, the I know studio. the one you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the energy was right for a jam circle. Everyone was ready for it, and he played in the mood, and we jam circled anyway. Like it was hilarious. It was great. But like, I, I think the same. Like that's that's not a valid point. <laughs> Because okay. you can say the same about a DJ. So what you're saying is the amount of the energy that's created is will depend on how good the band is or how. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that a good band and a good DJ will be able to bring a lot of energy to the room. Yes. But I think if you pinned a good band versus a good DJ, like if you were able to quantify good. Yeah. 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 And you were able to make the band equally as good as the DJ. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the amount of overall energy ex like exerted by <laughs> humanity would be greater in a band's room. Yeah, I, I, I would say that it's true, but still pretty close. And I would say that the bigger factor is the dancers. Like if you mm. take dancers out of that room completely, like it just shuts it down. If you've got the best band in the world, but three people on the dance floor, like three people came to your event. Okay, so I will counter that. I will counter that because there was a Mustang when we were locked down, uh, after we were locked down the hollow weekend. Yep. Funnily enough, Oz Big Band was booked to play at Mustang the weekend after when hollow was meant to be. And I felt oh, so yeah. bad because like Oz Big Band never get to play at Mustang <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, but we still had mask restrictions. Right. And so a few of us me because i am obsessed and i have i have an addiction i, I we still went to mustang with masks and all mm -hmm. and there was a handful of us like there was no one in there mm -hmm. and it was awesome mm -hmm. it was such a good night we had so much fun and the band they were there and they were just so happy that someone had shown up <laughs> <laughs> they, it was just a really really positive night and not because there was a lot of people in there but because there was this reciprocal between the the shared enjoyment of the evening as a whole between the band and the and the dancers yeah i mean a lot of that could have come from the fact that you just come out of lockdown so you've had like two weeks off so you get that like itchy feet feeling haven't danced for two weeks gotta get out like i wonder how nah. good the night would have been if it was a dj sitting up there playing music if it still would have been a fun but there night. was a dj as well in the breaks though which is different yeah that's true but yeah, that's I, I still maintain. So did you have any more rebuttals about my comments? Yeah, yeah. So when you say that um, bands can react and DJs can't, I mean, I guess that's a good point. But like you said, DJs can obviously react in the next song choice. So they do get a yes. chance to react. Um, supporting the arts, I agree. Yes, support the arts. Improv. Like you say, you can get unique and fun songs from a good DJ that's out there researching songs that aren't played very often. 
You can, yes. So you, you do get you, unique novel songs that way. So you do get to experience new things. Yeah, but I think it's so. When I was mentioning, when I said that point, it was more along the lines of you know a familiar song that you know, and someone is just doing an improv, like you know when Adrian just goes to town on his keyboard, and you're just like, oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing. Just that that immediate, completely, it's it's nothing. It's completely unique. It is completely unique to that moment, and unless someone is recording it, it will never be recreated. I mean, that's the same about. Any live band that played in the 30s Sorry, and 40s you cut as well. Up for a though. second, say it again. Ah, say that again. Imagine if someone like so people people did record those live bands in the 30s and 40s, and they yeah. went nuts on the piano as well and had epic long solos that you can listen to. DJs can play though, and it's Count Basie compared to Adrian. Like Adrian's good, I but is he that good? <laughs> he is pretty good. <laughs> he is. Do you know what I'm but saying? But the thing is like you will always and, and I agree that you know the authenticity is something that's great, but just because something is authentic does it make it better? No, but like, I'm saying like Count Basie is probably a better musician than Adrian is. Okay, but okay, I'm not debating that specific <laughs> point, but I'm just saying that the 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 reason that people recorded these bands is because they recognized that what they were able to create was something so amazing that it needed to be recorded for posterity. Yeah. So being able to be there in the live moment of those moments, the live, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, on, no, I, I got you. Say no, that no. But you know what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Is is isn't that preferable than to listening to? So it's like, would you rather go on holiday and see amazing things, or would you rather look at someone's pictures of their holiday? Uh, I think that metaphor is getting a little bit too far from the nope, actual No, I'm sticking it. by it. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. It's like watching live sports or watching live, like watching the replay. Like people will prefer yeah. watching it live. Like I, I get that there's something about being there in the moment with the musician. Yeah. I still reckon there's, a, there's enough um, reasons to take a DJ over a band that it doesn't quite push me over the line. Okay. Okay, so then you made another point about familiarity, about having yeah. a DJ song that it's familiar to you, so you know where all the breaks are and things like that. Yeah. And then what it made me think of is like, I wonder if, and I would be really interested uh, to our three listeners, if you could please <laughs> let, let your feelings be known. I wonder if there's an element of lead versus follow uh, ah. preference here. Because as a follow, we have to adapt all the time. And I'm not saying that leads don't adapt. We're not going to go into that whole yeah, thing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as a whole we have to be responsive. That, mm -hmm. is, that is intrinsic to our role. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if the fact that we having music that you have to be more responsive to and that can be a bit unpredictable is more exciting for us or more familiar for us and therefore not as annoying. Interesting. Because I know when I follow, I prefer music that I know and I'll hit variations and things when I know oh, that's coming in the music. There's definitely of familiarity yeah. that is great. There's, I'm not debating that. I, there is something that is really... Uh, familiarity is great. Yeah. Because you, you know when that break's coming, you know exactly how it's going, and you can time your variation exactly to that, and then it's like, yay, we did a thing. Yeah. But on a, on a bigger scale, there's something that I find really exciting when I'm dancing, and it's it might be a familiar song as a whole, but someone's doing a solo, or it is a song that I don't know. And being able, as a follow to... or And even as a lead, though, being able to still make that variation work still nail that break even though i don't know exactly when it's coming i can read the music well enough that and i'm familiar enough with the genre as a whole that i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> going to be here 
And if I <laughs> don't nail it, then it's hilarious. <laughs> I feel like if I don't nail it, then it's not necessarily hilarious. It's more, damn it. It is damn it, but it's a it's a fun moment that's shared because usually your partner will be able to they we can tell right we can always tell when like yep someone we're building up to something and I can as a follow I can hear what you're listening to and I can maybe we like we we both think that break is coming and if it doesn't happen then it is there is a moment of like damn it but it's funny no it it's not it's embarrassing because you made a mistake like I hate it oh Jetro. There's no such thing as a mistake. It's just an unintentional variation. <laughs> That's a lie we tell but, at beginners, Charlotte. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I don't know. I, th I still think that uh, I think there's it's something to think about of whether follows versus leads have a different relationship with familiarity. Yeah. No, no, I would be interested leads, in that as well. Yeah. I also, thing? I also have a bit of a, a bit of a thing about the just the the general zeitgeist of Lindy Hoppers doesn't matter if leads or follows, but everyone always says like, oh yeah, nah, band's so much better than DJ and like the band's playing, they're more likely to go out and all this stuff. And I just, I almost feel like they're just over, it's overrated. I think there's just too many people out there that are like, I don't know, I, I just don't get it. Like when I go out to a dance to a band or a DJ, it's a similar enough experience for me that I don't really notice and so when people go out there and go like, oh, the band was amazing. The bands are so great. We should always have bands and live music. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just... You just no, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that, that there is a place for DJs as well. Don't get me wrong. I, I will never say that we should have only bands forever and ever. But I, in terms of the overall experience, there is something to be said about having a live band. And it's Even more, you know, you talk about band? you you talk about authenticity, about you know, making sure that we're, or, or underlining the fact that if we're dancing to a DJ set, we're dancing to authentic songs. But what is more authentic than dancing to a live band? Surely that is more authentic to the the dance that we're doing than listening to the recording of yeah, a live band playing I, through a computer. I get what you're saying, but I I don't know. It's still not the same. Like, bands they play today have learned a different way than the bands back in the 20s and 30s. Mm. Yeah. I do want to bring up another point that okay. you said, uh, annoying to deal with. Yes. So, I... I look, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, a, on a general scale, yes, uh, I, will, I will concede to a point. However, I think, as with everything, not all bands are created equal. And not all DJs are created equal. I've had some DJs that have been an absolute bloody nightmare. But at least there's only to one deal of them. With. Yes, that's true. But usually when you're dealing with a band, you're not dealing with all of them. You're dealing with the band leader. When you're you know, dealing you're, with you're, them, yeah, yeah. But when they show up to your venue and they've all put in their instruments through the front door and they're all like hanging out in the green room and they're all, they're, yeah. Oh, they're, oh, bless them. They're all hanging out in the green room. <laughs> like just, just being humans. How dare. <laughs> Taking up, breathing so all the, the air. Like someone like Oz Big Band has to be one of the easiest bands to deal with that I have ever had the pleasure of dealing with. There's just there's or like N N Mace Nine Fifty Local. Now, once you can get in touch with Mace, he's so easy to deal with. <laughs> it's just the getting in touch with him that's a bit of a, of a challenge sometimes. Yeah. But overall, and I have not de dealt with a huge amount of bands. You know, like I have a, quite a small sample size. Yeah. But generally speaking. 
I have not had that much of an issue. Um, there, there is one thing. Did you have any more points or arguments? When I, when I was saying about like it being more to deal with, it's just like you've got to get a sound guy in. There's more time involved setting up. Yeah, like, so there, there is, is more that. to deal with. Not yeah, necessarily that, that they're that is... bad at organizing, because I understand like DJs can suck as well. Like if a DJ shows up late or they're hard to get in touch with, like it's yeah. Yeah. But I was more like my other, my only other point is that a bad band <laughs> can kill a night. Sucks. It's the so like, can a bad DJ. I know, but that's the thing. Like I'm trying to work out like what's worse, a bad mm. band that you've got to like awkwardly stand there and just do an applaud and try to dance to to be polite to them, or like a bad bad DJ that you like don't dance to. And then they just hit shuffle and leave, and then it's a decent night. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Oh, I think that one. I think that one is equal. Yeah. I think that is an equal point. Like a bad DJ is just as bad as a bad band. Yeah. Now, from an organizer's perspective, a bad band would probably be worse simply because of the amount more. of additional. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm really surprised you haven't bring up brought up cost until now. Yeah. Because for me, I thought that was going to be the first thing you were going to say. You were like, DJs are cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No bands do so, cost more yeah. time and money. Yes. Yes, I, I was just really surprised <laughs> that you weren't gonna mention that. But yeah, so those I think I no, think I, I did want bring that it argument. up. I was saying that you could spend no, you the money didn't. on food. I said I was literally yeah. saying all the money you spend on bands, just spend it on food instead. Yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> Overall, I think I won this argument. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to say that I won the <laughs> argument. I'm doing a Trump. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so, yeah, obviously, all the listeners out there can tell there's, there's different sides to this. And I, even, like, outside of the debate realm now, I will also go on the record and say that I'm not a, like, I don't really care. Like, I honestly don't really mind if it's a band or a DJ. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm happy to think to either. I don't really get the more energyness that bands have. So if anyone out there is like me and feels like everyone else talks up bands too much and doesn't understand why they're, they're so talked up, sweet. There's more of us out there. Not yeah. everyone thinks that bands are the bee's knees. And exactly. And the thing is, everyone will experience life in a different way. And some yeah. things that might energize you will not energize me, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera so blah, it's blah, all blah, about blah. personal experience. All right. So now let's get but into something else. <laughs> Yes. Do, okay. Which one do you want to get into first? Because <laughs> we've got like side notes that we so, also wanted to talk about. So we started. Um, uh, is DJ Shuffle better than a crap DJ? Okay. Oh. Oh come on! Is yes. DJ, DJ Shuffle, is... Shuffle better than a bad DJ? I'm gonna say yes. If you've got a DJ playlist of like. Because good songs to social dance to and you hit shuffle on it like that's still going to be a good fun night right exactly so I, I put that in the same category as like a broken watch is still right twice a day so <laughs> DJ shuffle is still going to nail it even if it's randomly and by coincidence they're still going to nail it a couple of times and I mean I'm, I am saying like curated like I am saying like this three hours of music is all stuff yeah, you can you social dance just, to like google swing and hit play yeah 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 um so you You'll know it's going to be danceable. You've curated, you hit shuffle, and it's decent to dance to. Better than a bad DJ. A bad DJ is just like, mm. what you playing? Yeah, you need to go. <laughs> so then, what makes a good DJ then? 
Well, do we want to get into the, the big question that I asked and then caused uh, 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 the internet to kind of break? Well, I'm, I'm slowly getting to there, Shah, because like, okay. if we go like an average DJ versus shuffle, because that's mo- most DJs are average DJs, right? Like if you kind of take the bell curve, most DJs are going to be like, good enough, but eh. Is they, are they going to be better than DJ shuffle? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to quantify. Potentially, they might be on a par. I would say that as well. I would say like DJ Shuffle's decent and that, you know, an average DJ, like most DJs are going to be like nail it and then throw in a random song and then like accidentally pull the plug out at some point. Yeah. Play the same song twice. Like DJ Shuffle can't play the same song twice. I know good DJs that have played the song. If you've got two versions of the same song, they could play twice. But that's why there's got to be a curated playlist, I guess. Like it's got to be, that's got to be one of the prerequisites um mm-hmm. and then and there are good djs they're few and far between like really good djs most mm-hmm. djs are pretty average yeah so should we be paying most of these djs <laughs> i knew this is where you were going <laughs> so like i know in perth djs get paid they had, oh, a, God, yeah. they had a big union, they got together, they made a big stand, <laughs> and they now get paid. In New Zealand, DJs don't get paid. Mm, I think, well, by, by the same principle, should uh, an average teacher get paid? Yes. Because they're, yes, they should. So shouldn't an average DJ get paid? So they're working on it. And the only way they're going to get better is to work on it more. And playing is part of, like, there's no way for them to practice their craft without actually doing it. You know, you can, just like, you know, you can practice dancing at home or you can practice teaching at home. But unless you have students to teach to who are responsive to your teaching, you're not going to get that feedback loop. I feel like a teacher has more responsibility. Like, can you DJ shuffle a a teacher. I would argue that some people do that. <laughs> like you can, like how many people have actually have actually learnt from YouTube? Like that's the closest thing I can think of. Is like here, put a, put a video on and hit play. I would dare say that in 2020, quite a few. They've been trying. Yes, they have but, been trying. But compared to DJ Shuffle um, or DJ Live, like I feel like there's a bigger gap there in teaching. Yeah, it's it's not an it's not a perfect analogy. Yeah. I'll grant you that, but I do think that the analogy still stands. I don't think so. I think DJs don't have enough or as much skill as teachers need. Like DJs, but I think it depends just entirely. Just have to push it, play. <laughs> but it's it's more than that, and I think this this leads into can we can we talk about it now or did you have another? No, it was leading into this. Step. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this, Jet and I were having this discussion when we were prepping this episode, and it sort of led into the argument, the side argument of like, is DJing art? Is it an art form? Or is it a, a facilitation rather than an art form? Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're not, the argument is, you're not necessarily creating something new because you're playing songs that already exist. 
And so I was, you know, I was having a think about it. I've had a chat about it with a few other people and, you know, what is art as a broad term? And so <laughs> what is art? What? No, but generally it got really meta and it got really wanky really quick. And so the Oxford Dictionary defines oh, art. God. <laughs> Dictionaries. an ability or skill that you can develop with training and practice. So okay. that's one of the definitions. The use of imagination to express ideas or feelings. Okay. So with that in mind, the based on some conversations that I've had, the way that I have kind of, I guess, in my mind, put art down to is something that intentionally creates or elicits an emotional response. Right, because it doesn't have to be if if there is no tangible or sensorial output, is it still art? Because that's the thing with the DJ set, right? You don't have anything at the, by the end of it. You don't have anything. It, it it's just it's a form if, if, ephemeral. Sorry, you you so, cut out, and I didn't get what the what the what the um, example was. You cut out. Sorry. So you, when you when you you're DJ, when you DJ a set, once you get to the end of the set, you don't have anything tangible from your set. So therefore, if there's nothing tangible, if there's nothing sensorial, is it still art? Yeah. Okay. And so the answer is yes, <laughs> because they're, they're, it, you you create a thing. It, I think think of it less as having to create something physical, but you're you're creating an experience and you're creating an emotion. You're creating an atmosphere. You're creating all these things that in terminologies that you hate. So Hang on, okay, I'm, I'm trying to think of other things that, that cover all these bases. So, like, performance art. No, no, no. Performance I'm, art is... Th I'm thinking about things that is, like, mundane, everyday, that, like, elicit an emotional response. Like, standing in line and you get bored. Like, is that art? Well, if, if it was something that was done with that intention, and it's not, it was artificially created to elicit that response, then the argument would go that, yes... But no one stands there going like, I'm going to create a cue just so that you feel bored. But tinker, tinker. You're okay. I'm just trying to figure out. So are you saying that it's not necessarily everything that elicits an emotional response is art? Is not what you're saying. Something that is intentionally creating that emotional response. Right. Something was. In so it can't just be like, yeah. some, some, like standing in line, some random thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's got to be intentional. Okay. So you got to. What about like drawing a picture? Is that art? If you're not intentionally trying to create an emotion out of someone looking at it, is that still art then? Well, I think there the emotion is the enjoyment that you potentially procure out of, or the satisfaction that you procure out of drawing it. So the, the, where the emotion is coming from. I don't think three-year-olds think like that. They might not. Well, okay. So the other thing that I, that I thought of is that, it, who, the intentionality behind it is important. So for three-year-olds, they're still, they're not thinking in the term, in the philosophical terms of like, am I creating art? They're just like, <laughs> oh, pretty colors. <laughs> yes. Pretty colors, mash them all together. I made a tree. Yes. But they're still, so they might not, because they're not doing it with that intention, then no, that would not be art. Right. So, hmm. I'm trying to think of other like art You're forms. Trying to not. So okay. So art. Obviously, there's there's books and discussions and things about what is art. So yeah. we're not going to go too far down this. But okay. as a general premise, 
would you vaguely agree as in that definition? No. Like, Excellent. But that's only because I haven't read these books about it or dug too deeply into what is art. To me, art's always been kind of like a, a creative outpouring and you end up with something. Yeah. You end up with a, a photograph, a, a routine, a, a painting. Like so for you, there has to be a tangible outcome. For me, yes. That's what I always understood as art. Okay. So... Just like a creative thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it could just because it's creative. But so if no one's recording a band playing, is their music still art? Yeah, yeah, because the 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 air still vibrated around them in a nice harmony. Like there was the, still a thing. Like it may have disappeared really quickly. But so the DJ playing also created that same effect. They no, they, they didn't. Their means of creating it, but their means of creating it was different. But they still, the same, like the air still vibrated or whatever it is you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, so, they didn't create that. The computer and speakers did. But then they set up all the parameters for the computer to do that. They curated the list to then procure that sound. If they made the noises with a violin and recorded it and then put it on their laptop and then pushed play, then sure. But someone else played that violin. Someone else played that piano. Okay, so this goes into, so let me bring this back to another thing. So, and, and as I am wont to do when I ever have to debate you, <laughs> is I like to get as many opinions as possible so that I can get as many arguments as possible. <laughs> and I put this up on a Facebook group, which is Swing DJs. And I was, I'll, I'll read the, very shortly the, the post that I made. Just so um, you know, I've got 10 minutes of battery left. Excellent. We'll wrap it up soon. Okay. So I basically wrote, um, I have a question. Please note that I'm posing this in a good natured, non-judgmental way. And I'm only seeking genuine discussion. This is for a podcast episode coming up, blah, blah, blah. Um, this eventually led to another question of are DJs artists or are we facilitators creating space, allowing art to be created? Note specifically talking about swing DJs here. And oh my God, in a similar way, I think that your KLX uh, post went when gangbusters this post when gangbusters there are so oh, really? many responses there's <laughs> oh, so gosh. and it's not like short little sentences these are like big posts like people oh, commenting a lot Aww. and it's great i'm so happy about it but there's a few <laughs> points that were made in there that i was like oh that's a good point okay and one of the ones that i liked so hang on let me find it so that i give it its due justice um there's so much... Okay, so this is the argument that DJs are just pushing a button type thing. Yep. It, there's, it, it's so much more than that. So the art is not this, the exact individual song that they're playing, right? Yep. The art that they're creating is the, song is the experience as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the evening of dancing. It is the ebb and flow of the energy, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And there is so much... There's a technicality behind it. You know, there's a knowledge of an understanding of, you know, just from the, the technical point of view, you know, levels and mixing boards and, and software and hardware mm -hmm. and all of that. There's an emotional acuity that's needed for being responsive to the mood on the floor and being able to respond to that appropriately. Then, because I had someone compare it to a curator in a museum. Yeah. So the curator didn't paint any of the stuff. Yeah. But by virtue of how they arrange it and by virtue of how they present it, they can create an artistic experience for someone. They can facilitate an amazing experience, yes. They can create 
They can facilitate an amazing experience. <laughs> Create. They're creating something unique. The, 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 expo the exposition that they're creating is a unique exposition that they have created. That set list that that DJ has created for that specific night, the way that they responded to it. Now, okay, all DJs are not created equal. We've established yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've got a DJ who comes, like we're talking about good DJs here. Yeah. Who have, you know, who have all of those skill sets. What they can create on a good night is art, in, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, like I, I get that it's complicated and that it is technical. They need to know a lot of stuff. It takes a lot of practice. There is a lot of things going on behind the scenes when, it, when the DJ pushes play. Like they've spent a long time researching all the songs. They know what is going to fit and what energy, how it's going to affect the room. Like I'm not saying it's not a technical thing. I don't know. I just still think that I need to look more into what art is because to me that curator mm. is a facilitator, not an artist. Okay. Yeah. The, I think uh, you, you'll enjoy this post because then it goes into a lot of different people explaining that in their respective languages, there are different words for different types of artists. Oh, interesting. I know. I thought that was really interesting as well. So there's some uh, Dutch. No, not Dutch. <laughs> in No, it is Dutch. Sorry. I was like, is it Dutch or Deutsch? <laughs> it is Dutch. And then in Swedish, or there's there's specific words of people who are artists for things that they create with their hands. Yeah. And then there's artists for like visual arts and performance art and that kind of stuff. And I just thought that was really interesting from interesting. a linguistic point of view. Yeah. Okay. They should differentiate. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I get that like in English, art is a pretty broad term. Um, so I am running very quickly out of battery power here, sitting in my car. Okay. Okay. Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about with regards to all of the, just I mean, briefly, we brushed over really quickly. Chat is it, about, um, should organ organizers putting stipulations on bands? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I think what, <laughs> left, what I'm going to have to do clickbait, is clickbait. <laughs> do another episode on this. Okay. I'm happy to, because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, I don't uh, No, I'll just go into it here now real quick. Okay, so, bands <laughs> uh, play, play music for dancers to dance to. Organizers will often tell the bands how to play music for the dancers, which is the yes. wrong way around. If there was a, an amazing um, discussion by uh, Move Together, where one of the artists was actually a band leader and talked about how, like, that's really bizarre that it should be the other way around that the dancers are reacting to the music like the musicians should be playing the music that they want to play even if it's got a crap ton of solos in it if they're five minute songs that is well to use terms before more authentic the only reason yeah. we have three and a half minute songs is because that's what would fit on vinyl like that's what would fit on the wax yeah. songs got shorter and are like long enough for people to dance to. Like, that's not what used to happen. Bands would yeah. play like five minute, seven minute songs. You'd get a chance to dance with your partner, have a chat, try a few things, rather than having to ask for two dancers to have one dance to get into it and another dance to like have fun. Yeah. You've got seven minutes with that one person to enjoy learning what, how they dance. Yeah. You don't have to start dancing right away. So when there's certain bands playing where you know that they have, like 950 have a tendency to have rather long songs. <laughs> You know, you're like, right, we're in for a solid seven minutes. How about we have a little bit of a chat? How's your week been? Yeah, it's going good. Hey, we've hit the four minute mark. You want to start dancing? Yeah, do it. So if you, you want know, so you can. Yeah, we shouldn't be telling bands how to play, essentially. No, Stop exactly telling bands right. what to do. The, the one caveat I will put on to that is, for example, when you have a band, for let's use Milford Street Shakers, for instance, that we have playing at Hala. They are not necessarily a swing band. Yeah. 
Um, and I didn't necessarily have this conversation with Dom, but it, it was just made understood like you are playing at a swing event. The whole you, you understand what the vibe is and then they will curate their list based on that understanding. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not telling them you have to play 140 BP like that. I completely do not agree with. Yeah. But I am saying like this is the type of event. Are you happy to play at this event knowing that it's yeah. like if you're having someone like this is a Balboa event, you know, the, this is the type of music that Balboa players respond, that Balboa dancers respond to do with that what you will. Yeah. But you know, Lead then it comes to, to curating the right band. Then it comes yeah, to curating yeah. the right band for the event. Yeah. Not making the band fit into your event. Exactly. Cool. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. Let's Challenge. wrap it up. Challenge. Challenge. We're untangling playlist. Yes. Find a song that you haven't heard ever played at a social event and post it on the Facebook page. Find or a, song. a version of a song or something like that and then go and do we'll, some we'll research a, yes <laughs> we want something unique so we really want this to actually happen we actually want to create an untimely playlist so please go ahead and do this pretend you're a dj find a song that you want to get played somewhere at some dj event at some point and put it on our facebook page yes and then we will dj shuffle the untangling <laughs> playlist and see if it's better than any other dj <laughs> um cool all right if that's it, then I'm going to play my guitar and Charlotte's going to call the outro. Oh, are we actually doing this? Yeah. Yeah, okay. go for it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Thanks very much for listening. This has been Untangling the Mess Around. My battery survived the whole thing. Yay. Yay. Thank Chat you, to you soon. for um, season number two and we'll be back with season three as soon as we can. Yeah. Thanks, Charlotte. See ya. Bye. Bye, Jet. Thank you for listening to Untangling the Mess Around. I almost forgot the podcast name just then. We would like to thank in this week's credits the unique and completely fantastic Dave, who made a wonderful guest appearance at the PSDS Quiz Night. We would like to thank our wonderful Swingsing teaching team, that's C, Mia, Andrew, Monique, Danica, myself, Jethro, Fiona, Tracy, yep, and Dan. We also... Who else are we going to thank this week? I guess we're going to thank the COVID gods that we haven't been locked down again <laughs> and we would also like to thank our guest teacher this week we had Jesse and, uh, and I think those are all the credits that I oh we'd also like to thank Patreon we'd like to thank Patreon please um, if you like what, you, what you're hearing please go support us on Patreon so that we can keep doing more and more fun things thank you to the ATO Thank you to Lache Swing for providing all those wonderful sound bites that you keep hearing and the music behind those. Thank you to all the DJs who put some time and effort into their sets. And thank you for bands for when you respond to your emails. Thank you.